How are you guys doing? This episode is sponsored by Upside. So as you guys do know, I was gone for the last, I think it was like nine days or something. I just got off an 11-hour flight back. I was over there. Actually, I was in Italy. I did this entire video, prepped it, and, and you guys are getting this the same day I, I, I prepped it on the flight back. So I don't think anything's really changed. As you guys do know, I decided to actually launch a Patreon. So if you guys are watching this on Patreon, you're going to get an ad. So it's going to be nice. And all the recent stuff that's been going on with YouTube, some of the channels have actually had their monetization reinstated, which is a great thing. I've been doing YouTube for seven years. This is actually my second channel. My main channel, I've been doing it for, I guess you should say, seven years. And I started doing this one, and now this one's became my main channel, and I don't really do as much on the other channel. Um, like I said, this wasn't my primary channel, but it's become that. And as long as I've been doing YouTube, um, I, I, I don't, I'm going to say this right now, I don't really trust them in regards to their monetization policies. In regards like this channel, like this, this channel does not, eh, out the gate, none of the videos are really monetized, and there's not much I can do about it. So I started the Patreon because most of the videos are not monetized out the gate, which means they're not making any money due to what we talk about, clearly. It ain't a big deal. Um, but what we talk about, that's pretty much what the value of this channel is. So I started the Patreon and it will always be linked at the very top of the description. If you guys would like to come check it out and come support the channel and get some extra content, you will not see here over on YouTube. A lot of stuff I'd like to show here. I cannot do to the nature of the content and it's like blowing stuff up or fire. Yeah. Stuff on fire. I can't show gun shooting, uh, stuff like that. I can actually show it on Patreon, which is great. And they're going to have ad free content and longer videos. And stuff I could put in there. Anyway, I also answer all DMs that are sent over to me over there. As long as they're not like super weird and crazy. Um, which is which is not a big deal. I haven't had that problem yet. And the last thing we'll say about it is we're going to be doing two Patreon-only videos a month that those people will be getting for supporting over there. Because I think I owe it to them. But once again, this content I cannot actually put on YouTube. It doesn't really matter. Like combat footage. Those type of videos. I enjoy doing them, but YouTube does not like them at all. They put the ding on your channel. Anyways... If you guys come over there, I do love you. Thank you so much. It'll be linked in the description down below. If not, don't worry. I will not be stopping any content here on YouTube. Clearly, uh, you guys will just get videos after the Patreon supporters are like a few hours, seven hours after, whatever it is. It'll be at the same time every day. So anyway, thank you real quick to the five VIP of Patreon members, uh, Alex Navarro, Alan G, A. Martinez, American Oryx, and Andrew Wood. We'll be doing five of those every single day. So as you guys can tell, we're back. Yes, we are back. We're back in the office. It's, it's been a long flight, uh, but we got a bunch to go over in regards to Ukraine. Now, the way it's going to be laid out, it's, it's basically over a 36-hour period because I started it in a different country, and now I'm like seven hours behind. So it's, it's, I'm going to say it's like a day and a half. So if you guys don't know, it's a German consulate inside of, inside of Kiev itself was actually hit by Russian missiles. It was over 24 hours ago due to the time change, but I don't believe this to be considered as like German soil. So nothing can actually be done in regards to like the article five, which, which I've seen a lot of people claiming this to be a fact. It's not, so don't fall for it. It's not, don't feed into it. And of course, uh, that wasn't the only place that was actually struck in the last 24 hours inside of Ukraine. Uh, by Russia itself. There's been many other places with the most, most of them actually being civilian infrastructure with the number of civilians actually being killed during this attack. But I cannot confirm as of right now, how many have been like, we do know this was retaliation by the Kremlin for the attack. The Ukrainians did a couple days ago on the bridge. We don't know this. It was from the last episode. And I also wanted to share that as of right now, the railroad on the, the side of the bridge that the Russians were using to get supplies in and out of Kyrgyzstan. Uh, they're not able to pass it yet. They haven't actually run anything on it. It's that one that's right uh, adjacent to the bridge that runs. It's been damaged a bit more than they anticipated. Like the deputy chairman of Russian Security Council has actually said 
these recent strikes inside of Ukraine were only the first episode of the response for the attack on the bridge. Putin also publicly threatened Kiev with even tougher responses in cases of further Ukrainian terrorist acts against Russia, which we're talking about these terrorist acts that they're, they're speaking about, which now they're trying to switch this narrative around, which is kind of crazy. Now, uh, the question is, what does Putin actually consider to be a terrorist act at this point? And would his most recent barrage of missiles be considered an actual act of terrorism? I guess, I guess they did it during the day uh, when they knew most of the people would actually be out walking about, like just completing a daily task. The Ukrainians actually hit the bridge during the early morning hours, so they didn't sustain as much casualties. Yes, during a wartime, we're going to always have casualties when it comes to civilians and so on and so forth. It's going to happen. We haven't really seen the war de-escalate at all. All it's done is escalate. It hasn't de-escalate even a little bit. We also know that Zelensky just last week was actually preaching that Ukraine needs more air defense systems to prevent these type of attacks from actually happening. And the United States has come to his beck and calling. Biden has now promised Ukraine advanced air defense systems, which honestly the Ukrainians have done really, really well so far without them. During this attack, Russia launched 83 missiles alone in one day. And in total, Ukraine actually shot down 45 of them um, with their air defense, the defenses that they have right now. Just imagine if they actually had the advanced versions, not the, the advanced air defense systems. So from cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us where it hurts, and it really hurts. And that's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anybody who buys gas, groceries, and dines out. And guess what? That's everybody. Every single one of you guys right now watching this buys gas, groceries, or dines out. 100%. You cannot tell me you don't. So with every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. Terrorize right now. When I went on my hunting trip, this last, you guys know, one of the last one, I was using Upside to find the cheapest gas as I drove. It's, it's not too good to be true. I've used it, and I know it works. So to get started, all you got to do is download the free Upside app inside the Google or Apple Play Store. It's all you got to do. Use my promo code SPEAKTHETRUTH, all caps. Speak the truth and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Hey, all you got to do, claim the offer. Check in. Pay, pay as usual with your credit or debit card and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal or e-gift card on Amazon and other brands. Upside users are earning more than $1 million every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 rating on the App Store. So right now, go download the free Upside app and use the code SPEAKTHETRUTH, all caps. Speak the truth to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. It's free to download it. Why wouldn't you give it a shot? Go save 30, 40, 50 cents a gallon. Why wouldn't you want to do that? It's free money. It, it makes no sense. Make sure to go download them in the App Store. Use the promo code SPEAKTHETRUTH, all caps, to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. So I would have already thought this has, has, has happened uh, as well, by the way. P Poland has actually advised all of its civilians living inside of Belarus or visiting the country to actually leave. I saw something come about this 24 hours ago and stated that the Belarusians that were, that were getting their T-72s and they've, they've been saying they've been removing them from storage and handing them over to the Russian forces. Apparently, this is currently happening. A very large column of Belarusian T-72s is making its way to the Donetsk region right now as we're making this. This is all happening after the Belarusian government and the Kremlin have now came to an agreement to a joint regional uh, deployment together. Don't know entirely what that entails, but the Bel Belarusian president has stated that NATO and a number of European countries are considering options for possible aggressions against Belarus. What in the world is he talking about? What does America or any NATO country need with Belarus? 
Can somebody please explain to me, what do they have? They have nothing. He also repeated the false claim that Ukraine was prepping for an attack against his country, which, of course, isn't true, and neither is the whole NATO statement, but they will say whatever it is they need to to make sure they can complete the task at hand, which is, of course, to help Russia. I'm going to go ahead and interrupt this extremely intelligent individual for just one second and answer his question. Yes, Poland has had troops deployed at its borders for eight months now. And honestly, it's more than likely had it there for the last eight years or so. So what's the difference now? Poland has always had troops at the border. And we do. We have troops in Poland at the border. Like right now. Well, on a good note, at least he is admitting that the weapons they have along with the, the Russians are completely obsolete when stacked up against the weapons the Polish military has received from NATO. Zelensky has now just called for an international monitoring mission on the border with Belarus. And I wonder if they have some intel that there is possibility that there's an actual Belarusian military is going to get involved in any sort of way. And yes, you know, after I was putting this thing together... I started thinking about it out loud. I don't think this will ever happen unless we see the Kremlin actually deem this as a real war instead of a special military operation. And now I've heard from a few separate, uh, well, I guess you say intercepted phone calls. We've heard all these things between Russian soldiers and their loved ones. But this time we get to see two different men that were mobilized inside of Russia, then captured by the Ukrainian military 11 days later. I just tried to hold up 11 fingers. So I'm going to say that I'm not all mentally here after that, after that flight. Можете еще раз сказать, сколько прошло времени с момента, как вас призвали к выбрать до момента попадания в плен? So I'm sure you get the same idea as I, I just got with in regards to the training of these men have been receiving. Are they really just getting uh, three full magazines to shoot in two different positions, standing and kneeling, and then additional three wearing full gear? Like we knew there wouldn't be that much training involved with these men that were actually called up in. And I'm going to, to go into detail. I'm not going to go into much detail about it because we, we've talked about it on this channel a bit. Maybe for those that don't know, I will, I'll give you like the cliff notes as to why this is. Russia has one place they train all their troops prior to sending them to their units where they'll get most of their training like needed to actually gain proficiency in their, their weapons or tactics or whatever it is. Since all these units are currently deployed, they're either thrown in with these units to learn as they go uh, as to what really needs to be happening. I actually do feel kind of bad for these guys that are just being thrown in the front line because do they even really want to be there? I wouldn't want to be there. There's absolutely no way in, in God's green earth that I would want to be doing that. I've heard about these men down in Kirsten who's getting thrown to the front, front line. I'm like, what in the world? That is absolutely terrible. Ростов сейчас на территории Украины, по-моему, 24 или 25. 25 умножаем на 20. Now, were they not able to afford to send this guy some proper equipment needed to actually film this segment? Like, maybe send a camera guy. Like, the guy, the guy just did this entire piece on his cell phone. And once again, we share these. And I guess I say I share these with, with you to have some sort of an understanding what the average Russian thinks from, like, or what they, they see for the most part when it comes to Ukrainian people or how they feel towards them at least. I just I mean, causing a massive crisis like that for an entire population especially coming up in winter, or winter's coming up, that is. It, it will shock anyone if Russia didn't attempt something like this, but I think it would make it very difficult for any countries to get behind Russia that haven't already done so, like China, or, well, China, Iran, like anybody like that, publicly. This would actually give the West a bit more leverage in regards to actually getting more supplies over to Ukraine to help them kick the Russians out a bit faster. Now, it seems that we are attempting to switch 
the way they portray the war, they are. Not me, but they are. Now, towards the Russian civilians, we talked about this here a second ago. We, we hear them talk about uh, deeming them as a terrorist, I'm not going to say terrorist state, but terrorist acts. И вот это, мне кажется, сегодняшнее заявление президента и сегодняшние удары. Now I can assure you that not all of their missiles hit intended targets unless the intended targets included playgrounds and residential buildings because I have seen those hit during the last round of missile strikes. And very strange that a human rights commissioner would even suggest something as simple as plumbing isn't civilian infrastructure. Like, and then it's a military target. Yes, of all things, plumbing was the example he used. Plumbing. Like he could have went with anything on planet Earth, but he went with the shitter. Это очень важно. Это принципиально важно, потому что это меняет картину. He's going to have to explain this just a bit more for, for me because it doesn't make any sense. It's not really justifiable. So, so you're not telling me that the Ukrainian people are terrorists who are the threat to the entire planet. Like how could one even think this to be true? Like I've heard some dumb things said in regards to this war inside of Ukraine and how each side looks at each other. But for God's sake, claiming that Ukrainian government are now considered to be the largest terrorist organization that is about to take over the world is just plain stupid. So they've gone from Nazis to Nazis to getting rid of Nazis to getting rid of NATO to now they're terrorists. And the crazy thing is, this is coming from the Russians of all people. We, do we live in a clown world right now? Like, seriously? No. Another thing that, that needs to be explained here is, is how are the Russians winning the war inside of Ukraine? I have never seen a war won inside my entire life uh, by going backwards for a month straight and getting Kush every single day closer to your border you came from. How, how does that work? Like the West doesn't want war with Russia. And Russia doesn't want war with the West. I, we, we all know this. And I don't think I need to explain exactly what he is talking about because it's fairly obvious. Ukraine should expect the Russians to uh, attempt to take out as much of their infrastructure as possible prior to winter. And that's pretty much what I'm understanding at least. The Russians, by the way, did attempt. This is kind of crazy. So I'm going to go over to some mapping. They did attempt... Last night, to enter the Kharkiv area once again during dark hours. Which, that actually doesn't make any sense. Uh, they were caught doing so and pushed back in, 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 into Russia. And I don't really know why I called it dark hours, because night is dark, and I don't know why I said dark hours. But you understood. Okay, so, out the gate, my maps. Yes, for some reason they would not download. So I had to take some screenshots, so I got a couple more we'll share. But they did actually try to come into Kharkiv last night, which is kind of crazy. And the Ukrainian military has continued their advancement East, well, just south of Kupiansk and this area, which I'll show you. So along this line, since we last spoke, I mean, it looks sort of like this. Don't worry, I have another one. What did y'all share? Here's a bit more close up of this area I am talking about. So roughly uh, something like this. I'm not kidding. They're, they're still pushing. So all this area right here, since we last spoke, the Ukrainians have taken back, which is something we thought was going to happen. They've they've gotten their element a bit closer to the main route that comes out of Kupiansk, which is going to force the Russian troops to retreat from this main route shortly. So, I mean, we're talking yeah, 10 kilometers, 15 kilometers from this main P07 route that goes from Kupiansk into Sivitov, which would one of the most, the most I'm going to say right now, the most important area of Sivitov is going to be right here. You guys can already see why it's... Y intersection, it's going to be one of the most pivotal points of this entire push that's going on as of right now. And 
I, I will say there's there's an, an area that is kind of interesting, which we'll talk about here in a second. But if I was a gambler man, which which I say I would tell you, the Russians are currently retreating from this area right here. I'm going to say they're coming down right now and they're having to push south. Okay, I think the next big battleground is going to be along this P07 route. And I think they're going to be setting up their defensive positions along this, right especially at that, that, that edge of Civito. Like, there is also some reporting that there's a possibility the Ukrainians have already cut the Russians off on this route. And there, there is a, a Russian element that's currently somewhat stranded, I guess you would say, in that northern region. I don't know entirely, but from what I've found, there is a possibility that a Ukrainian element has made it across and has cut off all the Russians up here in this northern area. I don't know how true that is. I cannot confirm it. So I'm just going to leave it here in the map in the way it is and, and not get ahead of ourselves. But I only bring it up because I, I wouldn't be surprised at all because this is the same thing we've been predicting here for a little bit while or for, for a little while this to be happening in the near future. And there's actually a couple more bits of reporting that I'm not entirely 100% confident on, but I'm going to tell you guys about them because honestly, it, it I think it's I think it's a possibility. So from what I what I'm finding out, there is a possibility that here's criminal right here. There is a chance that there is an element that has pushed around. So now it's on the northern side of Rubizine. I don't know how true that is as of yet. I, I'm just going to say it right now, I don't know. But if that is the case, then that, that would effectively have cut off those troops that are inside of Crimea, those those Russians, from getting resupplied from that Rubizine side. So now they'd be relying solely on Civito. So I, I think it could be a thing. I don't know. It could be a bunch of propaganda or misleading information that's being pushed out. I have no real idea. We'll have to wait and see. I'd rather... Wait a day, let it dust settle, and then come back. All right, so I'm going to go back over here, and we're just going to look at this just for one second. The most likely course of action, what's going to happen, I do believe, is every bit of those Russians that are along this P07 route are going to pull back. I think Sivitov is going to be the area they're going to have to hold off. I think they're going to create one heck of a defense line, something like this, all through this area, right through here. I think they're going to have to. Then they have to choose, what about Kremlin? So if they've actually cut them off, the Ukrainians have cut off those Russians down there on that southern half, which I don't know if it's true. That's going to that's gonna cause them a bit of issues. And if they keep getting more of these high mowers and these big artillery pieces in there, it's, it's going to be it's gonna be pretty brutal. Speak, speaking about artillery, artillery pieces, now we're going to shift over to Bakhmut. So Bakhmut itself, down over here, the Russians have been getting a little bit of ground. The Ukrainian military is hitting the Wagner group really, really hard right now on the outskirts of Bakhmut, like right now with artillery pieces. As we're making this video... Uh, this mercenary group, as we know, has been able to make a little bit of progress on the outskirts of Bakhmut. They've, they've gotten their forces a little bit closer to the city itself. And it is the Wagner group who's working inside this area right here, which we've known this for a while. Uh, they're just a bunch of mercenaries. I can also confirm now that Vesla, Donya, and Zaitsev have been captured by the Russians, which we said in the last episode. I wasn't able to confirm it, but I can now. So Vesla, Donya, and Zaitsev have been captured. The Russians are also attempting to push southwest across this main route in Bakhmut, which is right here. They're attempting to push west-southwest out of here, uh, which isn't really a major factor when it comes to Ukrainians getting supplies because they're not using this route. And I stand by what I said, and I, and I have said this a few separate times, that Bakhmut itself will be extremely difficult for the Russians to take, and they are now feeling what it's like to be under constant contact from artillery fire from the Ukrainians as they get closer to that city. That's This whole line right here is under constant fire because, as you guys do know, I have these hastily drawn in, but these areas right here, these are all hilltops, all high ground, all on the backside of uh, Bakhmut, all on the northern side, the northwest side, all high ground. So on the southeastern side of the country, the Russians have increased the amount of attacks on the Ukrainian positions, and they've gained very little. 
uh, w- with regards of ground. It seemed like, uh, I, when I say small, I mean like roughly a street or so, like literally. And I can, I can fully see the Russians uh, shifting resources to this area because they need a win. They need a win for their image, the world, and their civilian population. The eastern side of the country should have been the area they shifted their resources to months ago because it's one of the more logical things to do. But I believe uh, th- their war... <laughs> I don't know. The, the war is over, and some 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 say it's going to be over by Christmas, which I don't think I'm fully on board with in that thought process. But either way, I think before this war is over, we're going to see some sort of redistribution of men and supplies to this area to take more ground because I think they need to win. And this is probably one of the only areas they possibly could get it in. Right now, Kirsten, now it's going to happen. Speaking about Kirsten, here it is. Now, Kirsten, there hasn't been a ton of movement from either side, but the Ukrainian military has destroyed four more Russian air defense systems in this area in the last 48 hours. I've also shot down another Russian SU-25. There's also reports that they keep seeing these new recruits that have just been called up on the front lines down there in Kirsten, which shouldn't surprise anybody because they need more men down in Kirsten. I will say this is one of the areas I wouldn't want to be a Russian because they clearly do not have air superiority, which is going to be devastating for the terrain that they're presented with in Kirsten. So, hope you guys did enjoy this video. We're back here. We're back at it. I guarantee you, four to five videos a week. Other than that, I do love you guys. I'll see you guys over here later. Go check out the sponsor of the video. I'm out.